Movie and TV Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Pierce. Today with us we have Alan Bulger. Hello. We have Richard Earlham. Hello. And we have Lee Stackpool. Hello. And this is our weekly episode talking about what we've been watching. And we're going to get straight in today with Alan Bulger. Go for it, Al. What have you been watching? Um, right. I bit the bullet and I bought into Disney Plus. Oh. Right, because I figured that it was going up in price on, I think it was a Tuesday, and I thought I might as well just buy it. Like, I'll, I'll probably buy it eventually, so I thought I'd just, I'd just invest in it. So, mm. But I haven't watched all that much on it, to be honest. I've only watched uh, Soul and a Shark documentary, funny enough. <laughs> of course. You do love Shark. You, um, you get natural, what's it called? National Geographic. Geographic, yeah. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> flicking through, and it was like, bloody hell, <laughs> there's like a whole section devoted to sharks. <laughs> we going through those. So, um, but Soul, Soul was um, is 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 brilliant. Um, so this is a Disney Pixar one, isn't it? Yeah, from, um, from like Boxing Day, I think by, came out. Yeah, recommended by Harry. <clears throat> uh, I think that's the main reason why I wanted to get Disney Plus is for that. Uh, to, so I could watch that, that. and with us having done the, the Pixar episode as well sort of uh, there's a, quite a few that I would, would mind seeing um, I was just it's just so clever and I was thinking like will, will, will kids enjoy this though because it's really mature um, and I was thinking like of all you know I've been on a few times and I've just slated stuff like stuff that's made for adults and I was thinking it's it's it comes to something when it's like something that's its target audience is children is more introspective and cl- you know cleverly written than most like I'd say majority of the stuff that I've 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 tried to watch you know like say Netflix or whatever um it's just it's just superb I just think it's like it was it was um. It was, it was just really well written and I want to go back and, and watch it again because so, I feel like there's things I've missed. Um, so do, you want, do you want me to go through the gist of it? or? Yeah, go for it. We, we've, we've talked about it before. I remember, yeah, go for it, yeah, for people who haven't okay. seen it. So it's based around the jazz singer and he's also a teacher and um, he gets this, this gig um this big gig that he's been longing for all his all his life and um it just so happens that while he's walking away from having the offer he he he, he snuffs it yeah um, and it's about um it, it, it then it explores like your sense of like your, like your, your notions about like purpose and things like that and it it's, it's it was far more ambiguous, ambiguous than I thought it was going to be. You know, it was it was it just I just thought it was clever. It was just great. But um, you know what we were saying in the Pixar episode about how DreamWorks seemed to do one that parallels it. Yeah. Like nearly, nearly every time there mm. was one that I watched a good few months ago. It's not nowhere. It's not quite the same. But then I was thinking, I was just thinking about it before. Does it have sort of themes of, um, you know, ambition, purpose, things like that? And then uh, what's it called? I think it's called something like Out of This World, and it's on it's on Prime. Mm. 
um, starts off as like a base fan, this little girl, and um, it's good because it's it's like you know usually when there's like a female character in it, um, they they want to be like a princess or something like that, like, like the proper di- Disney stereotype. But this one, she wants to be like an engineer, and she's like a scientist. Um, I, I think it's called Out of This World, but it's like split in two halves. It's like the, the part where it's based in reality, and there's a part where it, it just goes like literally, and that's why I think it's called Out of This World because it just goes so trippy and and nuts. And I think it's it sort of parallels this one in terms of like it's got like the real world and then it's got the you know the out of the universe and like sort of introspective. You know, so it's not quite the same, but it's got similar similar themes going on. Mm. Are you looking up for the name of it? Yeah, I'm just trying to look. I can't find it, no. It came out in 2020. I think, I think, yeah, I think it sounds familiar to me. I've not seen it, but I can sort of see it. Um, picture it, I mean. Yeah, it's very like, when they go out into space, it's all pink and, and like, um, like, like sort of almost like sweets that are alive and stuff. Um when someone else is speaking, I'll try and see if I can find the actual name of it. Um, yeah, I but can't it's not, find it. not quite. It's like they, they are quite different, but it, they've got similar themes. That's all, all I can say. Mm. You know, with, but Soul is the better film, which is again what we were saying about Pixar is we always tend to produce the better products. I think. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, uh, <laughs> and I highly, highly, highly recommend it if you haven't seen it already. Just. Um, and I want to go and watch um, Inside Out and um, what's the Mexican one called? Uh, Coco. Coco. Yeah. Coco. I need to see. Seen bits of it, but I haven't watched it all the way through. I, I, pe- people put it on at like house parties and stuff. <laughs> Randomly. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> house parties you go into. <laughs> I just haven't managed to watch it all. Um, other than that, all the other things, I wanted to want to watch, you know, after just doing the, the podcast on um, uh, post-apocalyptic, I wanted to watch A Boy and His Dog again, mm. but I got round to watching it. It's on it's on Prime, and I think it's also on YouTube as well. Um, but I watched a few like, documentaries on it and stuff like that. Um, but I, I do, I'm keen to watch that again because... I'm pretty sure it's a film that I seen when I was as a kid, and my brother like used to wind me up about it. Um, but I can't yeah. like yeah. I, I, and uh, other than that, I've just seen American Horror Story. The co the, the Coven. And where you up to with that? It's great. Um, there's just it just drags it out a little bit. It, that, that's all. But it's it's um, probably the best season of American Horror Story yeah. that I've. I've uh, I've watched. Um, it's got Kathy Kathy Bates is in it. She's great. Um, she's always good. At everything everything that she's done, um, like movie wise, you know, uh, Misery, Titanic, she's done, isn't she? Um, mm. Is she? Yeah. She is, isn't she? She's like the the. She's the the lady who. She's earned her money. She's not. She wasn't born into it or something like that. They make a comment on. Oh right, can't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she is. She's the she's the mom of the Billy Zane character, isn't she? 
or Ish. one of the friends of the parents. Well, there you go. That's you what I'm thinking. Yeah, she she's. I remember the scene where she's like on a boat and she's got a bit of a heart and she's like, we should go back for them. He's like, well, t- Titanic's on a boat, so you're on the right track there. <laughs> uh, Richard, it's a ship, not a boat. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, she's Molly Brown. She yeah. is on it. Boss, I didn't know that. And um, I think she's hilarious in it. Do you remember Good As It, Good As it Gets with uh, Jack Nicholson? Oh, yeah. She, yeah she's not seen that one. She, she's, she, she's completely naked in one scene. <laughs> Like trying to get him to go into like this hot tub, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey. She's um, she's like this this racist uh, character that's been. She's awful, isn't she? Yeah. She's been brought back. To, well, she, she she got cursed with immortality, and then she got like uh, put in the ground, and then she got dug up in modern day, like from late 1700s or early 1800s, was it? Mm. Um, yeah, it's all based in. Where is it based? New um, that's it. Yeah, it's all based in New Orleans. Uh, so it has like this conflict between the, the, these voodoo witches and these white witches. Um, just great, great characters. Great, you know, all the acting's great. Um, I just I hate some of the way it's directed and the way it's shot. Though sometimes it's it, it, it's it's very very sort of com- comic book and the angles and things like that. Yeah, there isn't a straight yeah. shot in it, is there? No. There's no straight shots. They're all angular, totally upside down, this, that, and the other. I, I couldn't find a single normal shot. <laughs> I, I I just found, I don't know, I don't. this is not as bad as, say, Asylum, and, and for that respect, um, it's but. That's the only thing I, I, I'm not liking about, like, and and that, that they stretch it out a bit, bit too much. Um, mm. But I, yeah, I, 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 but if you're going to watch American Horror Story, um, I'd start, I'd like, I reckon this one's the best. Yeah. Mm. And is this the most recent one? Is it? I know we probably talked about this last week, but well, it's from, uh, well, they talk about Barack Obama being president, so it's from ages ago. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> good, good, and. Any more that you've seen? Yeah, that's it. So, just going back to Disney Plus, have you had a look at the Star stuff on there? No, but I read about that um, mm. coming out. I think that came out on the Tuesday, didn't it? Yeah. I was going to see what you, what you thought about that because I, I had a quick look at some of the stuff on there, and it's it's a lot of stuff that's been on like Prime and Netflix for years. Um, there's nothing that sort of stands out. I mean, it's all good solid stuff like you know the X Files or um, you know t- like the the Diad movies and things like that. But uh, there's nothing like that where you go, I've got to watch it for this. No, I mean, I feel like I'm, I am spoiled for choice sometimes. And then I just, I, I, if I don't know anything specific to watch, I, I hate when you go there and you're flicking through and you're just like, just, that just winds me up. Um, yeah. So I think I've, I mentioned, I don't know if I've mentioned on the pod, I'm thinking of uh, doing the Cinema Paradiso one, which is like, it goes back to like the DVDs going through the post. Oh, right, does it, yeah? Yeah, um, just because I think, I, I don't know, it, 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 the, the, the library's not as limited in, in some ways, but then I just, I don't want to subscribe to, like, another another thing, you know? Yeah, because that's it, because once you subscribe to that, you're going to want stuff on Netflix and then Prime, mm-hmm. like, the new stuff that comes out, and then 
there'll be new stuff on Disney you probably want to watch. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm not. I end up, only end up watching the most. I end up watching is like two or three things a week, not like you know, don't binge watch the series in a day sort of thing. You know, I, I'm not not that bad. So I'm thinking, well, can I do without it? And I probably can, but just be nice to have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like Love Film. Love Film was great, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I used to get the, uh, the the PlayStation 3 games on that as well. Wow. So, I, so I'd get a PlayStation 3 game and a, a couple of films. And like you just keep the game for as long as you want and then pass it back. That's great. And and there's always, there's always something nice about getting something for the post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, Dave, you've yeah. been looking forward to something. You're like, oh, there is. <laughs> <laughs> What's it gonna be? because it was it was that randomness. You, you'd, you'd add a list, wouldn't you? And then you, you wasn't guaranteed to get your priority film or whatever. So something could come in that you want to watch, but you wouldn't know what it would be. And you yeah. go, oh yeah, great, I'm watching this this week. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and this did works. This sounds like it works the same. Yeah. Um, I'll have to look into that. That'd be interesting. Good stuff. Thanks, Al. Over to you, Richard. What are we watching? Um, we've done our usual typical uh, let me have a quick look here um, Death in Paradise which you know I'm a bit uh, uh, Great Pottery Throwdown which I think has gone a bit downhill um, I came across an absolutely brilliant film that's called Mr Blandings Builds His Dream House and it's I, I, it was on the telly I think it might still be on um, iPlayer or something like that and it was, I just thought, you know what, I couldn't be bothered changing over, basically. And I thought, let's give this a go. It's 1948 black and white with uh, with Cary Grant in. Um, and basically, he's got um, his wife and two daughters. They live in an apartment in New York. He's got a decent job. They've got a maid. Um, so they're doing well, but the apartment's a bit cramped. Um, and, and it's just got some lovely touches. Like in the morning, they wake up and they don't really speak. He gets up, goes to the closet, which is tiny. The second he opens the door, he puts his hand up to stop boxes falling down. And then he starts looking for his socks. And, and basically, the, the closet space is a big thing for them. Then there's bathroom space because he, he walks in on his daughter and she goes, Father! And, you know, it's all very 1940s, lighthearted. Um, and the whole purpose is that he, he hates this living. He hates this living in this cramped apartment with four of the family members plus the maid. So he sees um, he sees that instead of modernising, they could go out and li- live in this, but basically buy an old place with something like 33 acres for the same price of moving a couple of walls to make it easier. And it's just a really, really nice comedy. I, I kept saying to Claire, I'm so glad that we watched this because it was back in the days where, like I say, 1948, there, w- there wasn't anything nasty or horrible that they were trying to make nice films it was a couple of years after the war also don't forget mm. and um yeah what i liked though was that the the wife wasn't given a sort of kittens and knitting type of role she was quite a strong character and she sort of like led the family more than he did although of course back then he was the breadwinner and she was she was the housewife um but it's sort of like the money pit i don't know if any of you have watched the uh, the money pit with tom hanks and um yeah classic it's it's yeah and it's basically the first version of that um so they they buy this house and it turns out it's not 33 acres it's 28 acres and they've got their ideas and basically they get a guy in and and it's very dilapidated it needs doing up and they get a guy in a specialist what you know we'd call them surveyors i don't know what they call them back then and he just says 
bulldoze it, scrap it. And then they said, okay, well, thank you for your opinion. We'll get somebody else in. And then they get him in, and then he says exactly the same thing. Demolish it. And they get about five in, and they all say the same thing, and it's just an absolute mess. And it's it's their story of how they make this house their own. Um, and they've got ideas, and they want to do this little thing, and they want to do that little thing. And they start trying to talk to the architect. And they just keep interrupting him. And then basically it's the husband and the wife just saying ideas and the architect sort of like just out of it. Um, but I would say it's my film of the week of all the many, many films I've watched. Um, and it was just such a nice little golden gem that I came across. So, I mean, IMDb 7.3. Um, I'd watch it again because you can just sit down. It's not taxing or anything like that. You can just keep watching it and it's only an hour and a half. Um, but uh, yeah, it makes me want to go back and, and find more things like this. Mm. Um, y- you know, with these stars of their day, Cary Grant. I mean, I know Cary Grant. I don't know the other people. Melville Douglas was um, was a close family friend of theirs. He's the actor. Um, Myrna Loy was the wife. I don't know any of these people. Yeah, and um, you know what? They're, you're probably right there, Richard. They're probably massive stars in the day as well. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yes, I'd like to find more just wholesome, good films. Um, uh, Very funny as well. I find it hilarious, to be honest. Um, Sorry, I've got a little fly in me. Uh, But very, very funny as well. Um, It says here it's timeless comedy uh, by one of the reviewers. And if if you look at the parents, guys, sex and nudity, non, violence and gore, non, profanity, non, alcohol, drugs and smoking. Oh, they were they were having cigarettes, weren't they? And <laughs> you, you know, there's absolutely nothing there that is going to offend anybody. So please, 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 somebody go and watch it. Mr. Blandings builds his dream house. Um, so that's my my film of the week. And it's on, the, um, it's on BBC iPlayer, that one. I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah, because it was on BBC Two. And nowadays, if you're halfway through a programme, it says, do you want to watch it from the beginning? So I think it was one of those. Mm. Um, my big comedy, I'm going to go back to it again, is Community. Um, they've come up with a, another fantastic episode. Let me just get my uh, my notes here. So this one was called, I think it was Modern Warfare. And so I've talked about one of their other episodes, which is pretty much Godfather, you know, style, script, camera angles, everything about it's Godfather. Now, this one, Modern Warfare, it's it's their highest rated episode. And I only realized that after I, yeah, I, did, I did a quick bit of research. It got 9.8 on IMDb which is, you know, that says a lot. I know we, we go on about IMDb, but the idea of this one is that, um, so Community is based in Community College over in the States, and this particular episode is that they're having a, a, a whole college paintball war, and it's the last man or woman standing wins. And uh, your main character, Jeff, he's just not interested, so he goes for a nap in his car, and then he wakes up, and, and I'm trying to count how many different films I can see going on in this one episode. So he wakes up and it's something like 28 days later. So he comes out of his car and it's just deserted and there's flies being blown around. And he goes into the college corridor and there's there's chairs upended. Everything's all over the place. 
So I thought, right, this is 28 days later. And he comes across, across one of the other students who's like, he's just paintball paint all over him. Uh, and he says, it's just got too out of hand. It's too out of hand. And then one of the old guys shoots him and finally does him in, so to speak. And then he turns on Jeff and uh, and Jeff's going. So basically just loads of films. So I found we had The Matrix, The Terminator, Die Hard, 28 Days Later, I Am Legend, Predator, The Warriors, Mad Max, The Running Man, and I think Scarface was in there. I reckon there's going to be at least double. They're the films that I knew that I could pick out. Um, so that's Modern Warfare. I think it's the 24th episode of season one. Uh, I mean, James has been saying about he wants something to watch recently. He's been saying it in work and he's been saying it in in conversations. Um, and I, I really want somebody to watch Community so we can actually talk about it. Um, so that's my sort of uh, comedy of the week, if you like. Um, but aside from that and the others that, that we've been mentioning, I, I've not done a lot. I've started on the Terminator films after our last special. So I did, we did Terminator, Terminator 2, and a, a very good a colleague lent me Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. Hello. Um, oh, hello. Was that you, Carl? That was Carl. <laughs> so I've only seen that once, and it gets a lot of bad press, but I think it gets bad press as in the ter- the other Terminator films, 1 and 2, were so good. But it doesn't really get... If you actually delve into it, the ratings and the comments aren't that bad. And some people say, no, it's, you know, take it as a film on its own. It's not bad. It's a pretty good, decent film. It's not a patch on the others, but it's a decent film. So probably by this time next week, um, I reckon I will have finished Terminator 3, four, five, and six, or however many there are, should have finished those. Um, so I'll be able to get back to you with them. Well, what, so what I say about Terminator 3, Richard, is I think you're right there. Compared to the first two, it's not yeah. a patch on them. But it's an enjoyable film. It's a bit more knowing. It's a bit more, like, winky. You know, oh, yeah, this is the Terminator, this is the Terminator. You know, And, you know, I think about four or five times he says, I'll be back, or some variation of it. And that's okay, but for, like, t- the first Terminator was a proper serious film. Like, it's a serious... like It's like a yes. horror film, really, isn't it? And then the second yeah, one's a yeah. brilliant sci-fi action film. Again, serious. And then this was sort of a bit... Still trying to be serious, but then throwing funny bits in. Like mm-hmm. that, you know, sort of the fan service. And that's that's one of the things that, that I don't like about it, is the, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, this is Arnie. Arnie's a Terminator, isn't he? Don't forget. That sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, it's an enjoyable film. The, the yeah, were uh, revolutionary though, weren't they? They set the, the they set the bar for you know sci-fi and the theme, you know things they, they delved into and like so because um, Terminator is like the first one. Don't think many films have been done with the, of that with the, of, like it was on low budget, wasn't the first one? Mm-hmm. It wasn't too budget. much, yeah. And mm-hmm. then all the CGI and uh, all the loads going on in Terminator Two, you know Terminator Two yeah. help really high regards so to come off the back of that you know you, you like think of bloody hell god yeah uh, but it just kind of terminated three i just uh, as well as you said about the humor and all that it's um it just retreads te- terminated two doesn't it mm. I, I mean yeah. i can't remember how it started but 
after finishing Terminator 2 a couple of days ago, I'm thinking, how do, and I'm assuming we're going to be told, how do they carry it on? What goes wrong? Because at the end of Terminator 2, it's like, there we, we're all done there. Skynet's yeah. done. So I'm assuming that we're going to be told in Terminator 3 how, or is this one of these, we've discussed um, time travel and space-time continuum and all of that, we've discussed that before, that it was going to happen anyway, so no matter what they did, it was going to happen. Uh, well, but, yeah, I won't say too much, but you're not too far from the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's quite clever what Skynet ends up being, I, in Terminator 3, actually. The concept of Skynet. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's just, it's not the worst Terminator film, let's put it that way. Yeah, but we'll, I'll, I'll come back to you next week on that. Yeah, with my uh, with my in-depth film review. And I I mentioned to you, Richard, are you gonna when you watch the Terminator films, are you gonna watch the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which is yeah, TV yeah, series? Yeah. Because it's it's not very well known. It, it again, that's not very big budget. It's got um, is it Lena Headley? Is it from Game of Thrones? Yeah. Um, she's in a cheap place, Sarah Connor, and I thought the series. There's only two series of it. I thought it was brilliant. It carries on from Terminator 2, I think. Um, mm. So it ignores the fil- some of the films. But yeah, I thought it was really good. But it, it got cancelled after two series, which is a bit, bit of a shame. Mm-hmm. It's got decent, it? decent rating. Has it? Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. It was one of them. Uh, people went to watching it after they cancelled it and realised how good it was. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately happens. Um, yeah. I wonder if I they'll know- do a Dexter and bring it back. Well, well I think with the films, they've sort of they carried the films on instead, haven't they? So I don't think they'll bring the series back, but it would no. be nice. Um, and it, it, you know, without spoiling it, there's a massive cliffhanger at the end of series two that we never find find out what happened. Oh. I know, but it is what it is. <laughs> Any more, Richard? No, no, that's not not too much this week. Not too yeah. much at all. Superb. Okay, Lee, what have you been watching this week? Literally one thing. And one thing only. Go for um, it. And as I've finished the books, I've gone right back to the beginning of The Last Kingdom. Mm. And I'm actually <laughs> lying. I, I uh, started watching from series two. Uh, only because, as I've always said all, all along, once Netflix got involved in it, the production value went up. Uh, yeah. And it was just amazing. I thought there were some really good scenes in the first, the first series. And all the, all the best scenes in the first... Um, Three, three series is is um, they're not actually from Alexander Zayman who plays Uthred. They're actually from uh, David Dawson who plays King Alfred, um, mm. and Ian Hart who plays Uthred's childhood priest, teacher, father figure, father the Ocker. Again played by um, Ian Hart. Ian Hart is Scouser. I think, I think so. Yeah, he's he's, yeah, um, every- he's he's played John Lennon a few times, hasn't he? Every every now and again, because um, the the accents. I mean, I think we're going to talk about is just how good the accents and the pronunciation of the the Anglo-Saxon words are. Um, every now and again, though, in certain scenes, Father Bjorka usually when he's shouting, he goes full Scouse. The Scouse accent sort of comes through like so, uh, which, <laughs> which is always quite funny. But uh, yeah, he's from um, he's from Naughty Ash. Sorry, Lee. He's Naughty from, Ash. Ash. From, from Naughty Ash. Yeah, our very own Ian Hart. Yeah, um, and. Do you know what them two them two really 
I mean, who's Trent's great in it? But, but he's the hero of the book, the whole book's in relative anyway, so it'd be easy for it. It's a lot easier for him to be to be really good. But uh, full credit to Ian Hart and David Dawson. Um, and I watched an interview by Alexander Draven, um, and he was like, it wasn't really the same, obviously, with the. Um, when them characters aren't in the later series, as you said, it wasn't wasn't the same. Because mm. uh, all, all the best scenes are with them two characters, with who's mm. and how they're either helping them or how they go with them for, for, for being bad who's said sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but there, there was also a good interview with uh, Bernard Cornwell and Alexander Draymond. Uh, and I mentioned last week that the final book was actually dedicated to Alexander Draymond. Uh, once the television series come out, Bernard Caldwell said, when I'm writing the books now, I hear Alexander Damon's voice uh, <laughs> for me really character. Um, and I can't think of much more um, much more credits than, than an actor could get. Sorry. I didn't, like, I didn't like King Alfred's character initially. He seemed quite wimpy, but he really gets much stronger in the later seasons, doesn't he? And yeah, he, he, you can see how wise he is. And yeah. his reasons and his methods, and he's 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 a little bit he's a bit conniving, isn't he? He's not. He's a bit um, slimy, isn't he? Yeah. He, he is, yeah. But his um, character. And it's it, it's not a depiction of Alfred the Great you normally get in like documentaries and stuff like that. Um, he plays him as he was. He was a sick man who wasn't. He he was for the life of the priesthood. Um, to stop him from being the womanizer that he was in his younger years. Um. And he sort of inherited the, the title. Um, mm. And I think I've mentioned it before, and the books really goes into it. The, the Danish invasion in the, the 8th century, 9th century, sorry. Um, the Danes overran that much. The, the occupied everywhere in England, apart from the very small uh, King Alfred the Great was hiding in the swamps with some mm. of his men. So England as a political idea was about three to five miles of swampland, and the rest <laughs> of it, the rest of it was Dayland, and it was that close that we could very well be doing this podcast in Danish. Um, yeah, you know what, you Lee? Know? I I didn't I didn't realise it was Alfred the Great until a couple of months ago when we finished the last season, and I started looking at all the history. I didn't realise it was it's based on. Sort of truish stories, isn't it? The characters, yeah, it, certainly. The characters, the battles, um, everything's yeah. just kind of like yeah. a job. Everything's real. Everything's real apart from Uthred, really. Um, mm. And he's based well, on something. Somebody like Uthred, surely, who who um, was sort of like a, it's the mediator, or maybe a series the, of people like that. The what yeah. it was, yeah. it, it, yeah. was, it, was yeah. it was a series of people, um, but all the other characters. Uh, they are virtually real. A lot of licenses took. Some yeah. of them are just out and out baddies, and they, they weren't necessarily baddies. Um, the character of Aelfled, um, she doesn't. She gets forgotten about in history a little bit. She was like our, um, our warrior. She wasn't a queen technically. She was. <clears throat> she was. The, some people call her the Queen of Mercia. Uh, very well, Mercia obviously got incorporated into basically in Wessex and things like that. But she was. Uh, she was very important in history, really, and a lot of she's getting a lot of literature from female historians. Uh, a, a lot more recently, um, and I think the BBC actually done an um, 
done a special on it. And she's played by Millie Brady, um, who's popped up mm-hmm. on all And she's fantastic. Um, she's fantastic in it. Uh, married to Ethel Red, who's a bit of a bit of a baddie. Um, <laughs> but I won't, I won't spoil anything anything else too much. Um, and you know they've done loads of work with the like I say to go back to the accents. Obviously, the character of Finn, who's uh, who threads Irish sidekick, is actually played by a Scotsman, Mark Rowley. Um, so it's a Scotsman playing uh, this broad Irish accent as well. Uh, but he's he's not much of a good character. I don't think anyone minds. Yeah, from Scotland or Ireland, because he's uh, he's like the coolest character in it. Yeah, he's like yeah. he's like the uh, it's very similar to Shaw. His uh, his best best mate's Irish, and he's sort of the coolest character, like Patrick Harper and Shaw. Um, <laughs> but it's it, it's phenomenal. And since then, um, I've been watching a lot of. Uh, documentaries on old English um, mostly just on YouTube from various linguists and things like that and the origins of the English language itself and how sort of like similar but very different it was obviously before the like the Normans turned up and gave loads of like French and uh, simplified alphabet and things you know over um, so that, that's basically all I've been watching really um, and yeah. it's all I'm probably going to watch because I'm probably just going to binge watch it at the end of the series. <laughs> Brilliant. Do you know it, what? It what gets I am... better and better as it goes on, doesn't it? It starts good, and it just gets better and better and better. Yeah. Well, what? I, what's it? I don't know whether it was it was done on purpose, obviously, because the the fight scenes with the Saxons in the first series are very good, um, and you see the Saxon army getting better and better and better all the way through the series. Um, so, you, you you know, that's kind of probably on purpose and also probably a lot to do with the production value got better as well. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, yeah. it worked well because that's exactly the one it is in the book. Um, and, and Utrid's teaching them a lot of the Dane methods, isn't he? Shield wall he, and... Yeah. He's <laughs> teaching it to the... Because uh, the majority of the army was just like peasants and things like that. Oh, yeah. Very, few, yeah, very yeah. few professional warriors. Um but, you know, it's really interesting. I'd, I'd, I'd like to know what the rationale was why the BBC gave it up. Um, I can't fathom why. Um, it's got to be Dosh, hasn't it? It's got to be money. It, it's got to be. It's just It's just strange that, um, you know, this is our sort of, this is our history, really. Um, the history mm-hmm. of the English-speaking peoples. And I don't know whether Netflix was the thoughts. Is is all the money you want for it? We, we'll have it now, um, yeah. and I just hope it doesn't come to one of them. If Netflix feel that people have moved on to the next favorite thing, he won't finish the, the series. They try to do two books a series, um, mm. loosely. Loosely, it's around two books a series, um, so there's got to be at least seven series. Um, yeah, to do it so, properly. Yeah, hopefully they've got they've got um, a few. A few more series, and hopefully it's got that lifespan. They are filming the, the new one. Um, I just want the only other thing I've got the eye on to watch, but I'm struggling to find. Um, I, I, I may log on to Now TV and use Deb's login details. It's the two-part documentary on Tiger Woods. Um, now there's a few already on Prime. Obviously, talking about his obviously his golfing ability and things like that. This goes into a sort of childhood. 
and Alex probably contributed to his decent sort of um, problems and things. Mm. Uh, but I was getting told about it, and I was like, I really, really want to watch this. It could yeah. be, uh, it could kind of be be interesting. Uh, and, and very, um, very timely as well with his obviously having his car crash last week or doing the day. He did, oh, yeah. He did, yeah. Um, and I hope he, hope he recovers. Uh, I'm glad no one else was was injured. Yeah. Um, and things like that. But yeah, that's pretty much everything that I've been watching. Um, and I can't say I've got the eye on anything else. Although I can see, as I've just got Netflix on that, they're re-advertising Kingdom a lot. So I don't know whether um, there's going to be a new series out soon. And I hope there is because that uh, it's got everything. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, got, it's got history, it's got intrigue and zombies. And I don't know what else to say about it. It's just brilliant. <laughs> Sounds like a winning combination, that one, doesn't it? It's, it's, it? Do you know what? You can take the zombies out and it'd be a great sort of like, uh, it'd be like the last king. It'd be, it'd be a great sort of period, history, historical period piece. Yeah. Uh, and they've just flung, they've just flung zombies in it. That <laughs> bit in I think series two, where the they go on the foraging hunt for rations, uh the zombie hoarder after them, and the fire of these sort of like thirteenth century cannons, and they're using kite die to themselves to make sure the cannons don't fall short and hit them. That's probably one of the best scenes I've seen in anything in terms of just how great it is. Yeah. And I'll have to get that yeah. one. You've seen it, haven't you, though? Yeah, I love it. It's the 28 Days Later sort of zombies that, like, yeah. just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good. Well, speaking of zombies, anyone seen the, the trailer for the um, Army of the Dead? The new Zack Schneider one? It looks very good. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks very... Um, there's, there's literally like millions of zombies. It, it looks very packed. Do you reckon it'll be 300 with zombies then? Yeah, it could be. I mean, if he he done the Dawn of the Dead as well, didn't he? So if it's did, like if it's like that, he? then yeah, be worth doing. Be worth watching. They need another good zombie one. World War Z. Um, after its rewrite, and ended up being an entirely different plot of the film, especially the ending. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they need they need another good one. They do. I I read the book or started reading the book to World War Z and then and I just couldn't I couldn't get on get on with it. It was yeah I I finished I put it down halfway through just like that. No, I can't be arsed with this. But wasn't enjoying it at all. wasn't good. Didn't enjoy it. But the film was alright. I I started reading uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies years okay. ago and Pile of Poo. Movie of that, didn't they? Yeah, again that's not really good either. <laughs> Yeah. Brilliant, thanks, Lee. Shall I have a go? Yes. Yeah. All right. So with us being off last week, I'm some time off from work. I have watched loads, to be honest. So I I'm I might I might hopefully I won't bore you too much, but um so I've watched a couple of films. I'll start off with with what I started last week. So I watched the Godzilla anime film, which is on Netflix, Netflix original. Uh, the first one was called Planet of the Monsters. So for those who, who didn't listen last week, it was about um Godzilla, obviously, he is dominating the world, destroying humanity. So the humans make a couple of ships to go into space to go and colonize different planets. So just leave Earth to Godzilla and the rest of Earth go 
um, into space. Dead interesting premise. Never never thought about that before. Um, they go away in space, come back 10,000 years later. Godzilla's still around. Um, so they're trying to destroy him so that they can take back the planet and re, uh, re-inhabit it and all that sort of thing. Really good. Um, I, I, do you know what? I am going to spoil it because I don't think anyone's going to watch it because... It was it was it was an alright film. It was worth watching the first one. Um, so at the end of the first one, they kill this Godzilla, and it turns out it's not the original Godzilla. It's like a it's a baby Godzilla, and the original Godzilla comes back, who's you know thirty times the size or something stupid like that, uh, and that's how the first one finishes. So the second film is about them trying to destroy the second Godzilla, um, mm. and there's. You've got the humans in it. You've got these other two alien races in it as well. So I think one was called the Bushido and one's called the Este or something like that. Um, but it, And what it turns out is that those two alien races have got ulterior, um, ulterior motives for taking down Godzilla. So like they basically want to take Earth for themselves. Um, and the way they take it down is that originally they had made a Mecha Godzilla, so like a, a robot Godzilla, with this nanotechnology, but after ten thousand years, it's turned into a city. I I I shrug my shoulders. I don't know why, but this nanotechnology turned into a, into a city, and so they use the city to attack Godzilla, and they're just about to kill Godzilla, but then um, the only way they could kill Godzilla was to take the nano technology into the bodies and like give up their humanity. So they don't do that. They destroy the nanobots instead, and then Godzilla's still alive. So that was the end of the second film, and I was like, "Oh, this is ridiculous. I don't really want to watch the third one." But I did. So I watched the third one. So Godzilla's God's, and it, it, this gets ridiculous now. Godzilla's still alive, um, and now one of the alien races, the Este or whatever they're called, they summon a different monster from an alternate universe to take down Godzilla and destroy this universe. Um, that's their purpose in life, and that's what they've been going for all the way through these films. And then the main character, the main human, um, who's been wanting to kill Godzilla for three films, decides not to kill Godzilla, to kill this other monster, and then kills himself into Godzilla. And that's how it finished. And Earth, the Earthlings are living on Earth in these caves, and Godzilla's just roaming Earth. Um, if they make a fourth one, I don't know whether I'll watch it. I can't recommend these films. <laughs> They're not brilliant. <laughs> they, they look good. You know, if, if you like anime, you'll probably enjoy it. I think the first one was, was was good. It was really interesting. And then it's just got ridiculous. And yeah, it's it's your typical Japanese weirdness, but not in a good way. Carl, have you seen um, Batman Ninja? <laughs> yeah, again, the anime one. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just thinking of like the mecha things, you know, if they uh, they have like that big battle at the end. It's like yeah. again another ridiculous one where the Joker's <laughs> a, a, a samurai or something, isn't he? Yeah, something stupid like that. Oh yeah, ridiculous. But you know that's quite fun. That's all right. That you know what I mean. Batman, you can't go wrong. Um, but yeah, not I, not, I, not a fan what of these I like two. About that is like how uh, they were illustrated, like how they put like the uh, the Japanese sort of. Ninja spinning all the uh, the Batman characters. It was pretty, you know, the pretty well done that that aspect of it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I think that isn't it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's an alright film. It's worth watching if you like Batman. If you like anime. Um. Yeah, it's good. It's a good. So that that's the first thing I watched. So I didn't really enjoy that. I was doing it while I was sorting clothes out. So you know, it's not a total loss of time. Um. 
last night I watched the film I've seen before, Escape Plan, with Sly Stallone and our big man, Arnold Schwarzenegger. One of the very few films they've done together. I think it's the third film they've actually acted together, because they were in, obviously, The Expendables, and I think this was either the second or third film they did together um, from 2013. Um, has anyone seen this one? I no. No. Other than Expendables. I didn't even know they they'd done a film together other than the Expendables. Yeah, um so basically the, the story of this is I think Stallone's the main character and Arnie's like the supporting cast. Um but they are the main the main characters. So Stallone um runs a company who it's like a security company who uh pretend they are prisoners in a prison and then escape in order to um, test a prison's security. So it starts off, Stallone is in prison, and, you know, he goes down to... He has a fight with someone, and he goes down to solitary, and then he, he ends up escaping and getting chased. And then, he turn, like, the police catch him, and he goes, it's OK, I've got this letter or whatever. And then it turns out that, you know, he's a legitimate person, he's not a prisoner, prisoner. he's been paid to do all this. And then someone comes from the CIA to... They ask him to, to do the same thing. Will you go into this prison and, ch- and test it? Um, so then he, he Stallone gets kidnapped off the street. So it's not like he, you know, he's, he's being organised to go in there. He gets kidnapped off the street and he wakes up in this super prison, which is really difficult to get out of. Um, Stallone is a character in there. Um, I can't remember his name. It's Maya Haffer, I think it is, something like that. Rot Maya, there it is, Rot Maya. Um, so he's he's in there. He's like this terrorist. Um, and they form a partnership to try and escape basically. And it's about him trying to escape, but um, he's got like safe words that if he, if he gets stuck in the prison and he can't get out, he can t- tell the warden, Oh yeah, I'm such and such a person. Can, you need to contact this person and let me out. Um, so he says that to the warden and the warden's like, what are you talking about? Don't know what you're on about. So he's, he's trapped in this prison, this super security high tech prison, and he's got to try and escape. Um, it's not the best film in the world. But if you like Arnie and Stallone, it's brilliant. Um, it's you know, it's exactly what you want from a film of them two. It's a good action film. It's a good prison film actually. You know, it's not very highbrow. It's it's been done before. You know, you know, prisoners having fights, um, making alliances, all that sort of thing. The, the warden being the baddie. You've got Vinnie Jones is in it. You know what I mean? I think that says it all. That Vinnie Jones is in it. He he plays one of the um, the security guards in it. Um, it's good. It's an enjoyable film. There's a little bit of a twist in it to it as well. Um, and we went to pitch to see this and, and, and enjoyed it. That's why I watched it. I thought, well, I'll give it another go. It gets 6.7 on IMDb. And that, yeah, I'd say that's about right. It's a good film, you know, to watch and just let it wash over you. Um, What's it on, Carl? It's on Netflix, that one. Okay. There are two sequels to it, which I found out last night, which aren't on Netflix, but I think one of them used to be. Um, Escape Plan 2 and then Escape Plan something else. What's it called? Um, Escape Pan 4? It's not 4. It's called The Extractors. Um, right. But Stallone's still not in Arnie and Stallone. Sorry, Arnie's, Arnie's not in the sequels, but Stallone is. Right. Um, as I say, it's it's a slow movie, this. A little bit like The Expendables was. He's the main guy, isn't he? So it's a bit like that. Um, but yeah, definitely recommend it if you like, like either of them in a bit of an action film. Mm. Um. So yeah, there, there are many films that I've watched this week, but really what I've what I've watched, I've been watched a couple of series. So I'll start off with my second favourite and then I'll finish the favourite one. So it's a series I've wanted to watch for absolute years and I've seen the odd episode and loved it, but never actually sat down and watched it all the way through. And it's it's the thick of it. Um Yeah. 
absolutely outstanding series. One of the best series I've ever seen. And I, you know, it's it's a little bit dated now because a lot of the references are from 2012 to 15. I think it was the coalition. It was the Lib Dem Conservative coalition, wasn't it? There you go. Yeah, I mean, it started in 2005, so even before that, yeah, you're right there, Lee. But it's so it's very dated. A lot of the references. Peter Capaldi. That's the one, Peter Capaldi. Yeah. So basically, it tells a story of a government department, um, DOSAC, which is now I'm going to get this wrong, but it's the Department of uh, Security. No, I can't remember what it is. It's something like citizenship and social security or something like that. So it's it's like a bullshit um, department basically. Um, and it's got a minister in there and all their lackeys and they're basically trying to save face they're trying to run this department but most of the time they're doing stuff for the party political reasons and they're trying to save face and it is one of them where you watch it and it's so cringy where um, there's one episode where they go to a factory so the, 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 the minister goes to a factory and he's saying hello to all the ministers all the people sorry who work there and one of them goes um, my my uh, brother or someone, my my dad or whatever, is is stuck in a care home and you know is is living in his own shit or his own piss it is or something like that. You know, how would you feel if you were living in your own piss? And he's like, yes, thank you, but I'm just trying to ignore them. And it just flares up into this big news story. And then the story that was meant to be about promoting this or their policy just becomes about him trying to fight fires about this woman. <laughs> and then he, he says something which is caught on. Um, on a camera or a court on a microphone and he has to apologise for that I mean and that's just one episode and it happens every single episode there's there's some sort of political scandal um, but the, as you say there Richard the star of this show is Peter Capaldi he is absolutely amazing one of the best characters in any show that you could ever see um, plays Malcolm Tucker so he's basically the spin doctor for the party we don't know what, which party it is you assume it's the Conservatives, but it could easily be the, the Labour. You don't know at first. Um, and he basically, he's, he's got the, the most foul mouth in the world. You know, he's always swearing. He's a bully. He bullies the ministers. He tells them what to do. He's manipulative. Um, he, he is just outstanding. This this show, like there's like four series of it, is an absolute masterpiece. And I can't recommend this enough. It is brilliant. It, as I say, it's a little bit dated. So some of the things they say... You know, they're talking about, like, the credit crunch. And, like, as Lee said, they're talking about a coalition government. That's, like, one of the later series. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's brilliant. But there's another actor in it as well. Um, Rebecca Front, I think. It is a Front, or, uh, I think. Just find out. Make sure I've got the right name. Um, but, again, a com- yeah, Rebe- Rebecca Front, yeah. She plays one of the ministers in later series. And she's, she's brilliant as well. She plays this sort of, like, dithering, middle-aged mum. But she's a but she's a minister with ambitions, but she's just got no backbone at all. And you know she'll she'll try and stand up to to um, Malcolm Tucker as best she can, but basically she just crumbles and she just digs holes for herself uh, with the press. It, it, it's a brilliant series. If you haven't seen it, definitely recommend mm-hmm. watching it. And they're only half an hour. Well, most of them are half an hour episodes. Um, what I was a little bit gutted about is that it finished in two thousand and. 12 and the series ends on a cliffhanger and i don't know whether that was on purpose or whether it was just like they run out of time or whatever um but i know there's a sequel to it um a film in the loop which i have seen a long time ago but uh, i'm gonna try and get that out 
Have you seen that one, Lee? I know of it. Know um, of it yeah. Tony Soprano's in it. He is. In late yeah. games of the year. Um, and it's about the war in Iraq, isn't it? And the section of documents and dossiers and yeah, looking up reasons. A lot of the characters from the series are in that because they go over to America, don't they? So it's sort of like the British and American governments like collaborating about, I say, that the war and that. But yeah, absolutely outstanding series, the thick of it. Um, written by Armando Anucci. Oh, right. And he's the one who done Alan Partridge. And I was watching it, I was thinking, like, I knew, obviously knew he's written it, but I was thinking there's a lot of, like, some of the characters sort of act like Alan Partridge, you know, where they sort of, like, did that and, and babble the words and just carry on talking and trying to and keep digging the holes and like going off on a tangent and I was like that yeah it's it's a brilliant series absolutely fantastic um but yeah me my favorite series that I've watched this week and again I've seen this before this one um is Toast of London with <laughs> Matt Berry again an absolutely outstanding series uh, you know um it, I just is it a sitcom I don't know if you describe it as a sitcom Basically, Matt Berry plays Stephen Toast, who's um, an aspiring actor, middle-aged aspiring actor. He's been acting for years, but he's never got really got anywhere. Um, who also does voiceovers, which is a bit of parallel to Matt Berry, because Matt Berry does millions of voiceovers. You probably recognise his voice on everything. Um, he does like the Money Supermarket adverts. Um, and yeah, he plays Stephen Toast, who is... He, it's a bit weird. He's like this this sort of loser, but he he's got his way with the women, and he's a bit suave as well, in a in a seventies kind of way. Um, yeah, it's just I can't describe he's, he's it. Playing. I think he plays more or less the guy out of the IT crowd. Is it Renham? Oh yeah. I think yeah. he's playing. He's he's taken that character and he's put it into a new series. I feel yeah. a lot of the time. I'm yeah, not seeing I, too much of it. Yeah, but, but it, when I've seen it, he's, he's like that. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, we, I, I can tell you things about it which might not sound funny, but hilarious when you watch it. So, for example, he's got a rival <laughs> actor in it called um, Ray Purchase, and every time he sees him, Ray bloody Purchase, or Ray fucking Purchase, every time he says it. Um, and again, he's got a bit of a, like a big fat nose and a moustache as well, as Stephen Toast has. So very 70s, they wear like flares and... <laughs> But they've got this rivalry where they always work together or they always steal each other's jobs. Um, it turns out Stephen Toasters is having sex with his wife. Um, and it's weird. His wife is meant to be a prostitute, but she doesn't get paid for sex by anyone except his her husband. <laughs> so, um, it's just really weird. It's really strange. And the, the, the bits where he's doing the voiceover. So he's in a, voice, a voiceover booth. And there's two young guys who are like doing the sound engineering or whatever. Um, one of them's called Clem Fandango. And every time he goes to talk on the mic, he goes, hello, Stephen. This is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? Every single time. And Toast just gets wound up and wound up and wound up. And you find out during the series that they are winding him up on purpose. If they're not just idiots, though, they are idiots. They're winding him up on purpose. It, it, it's just outstanding. Some of the things he has to do. So he turns up to do a, a job where he's got to do sound effects. And so he's got to go honk. That that's that's his, his voiceover. Honk, honk. And then he's got to do the, the like the sound of a horse. And he says so he does like nay. And then the sound engineer goes, can you do a bit of a um a, something different? And it, it's it's just ridiculous and stupid, but it is so funny. And it's it's again, it's one of my all-time favorite series that I've seen before. Um, I didn't realize I knew Matt Berry had written it, 
but I didn't realise it was also written by Arthur Matthews. And he is, is he, um, if, I, if I'm wrong, is he one half of the Father Ted team? Yeah. He might and be, yeah. Is, yeah. No, I think, I think that that's probably the only thing he's done. I was going to say in Black Books, but no, I don't think he well, did he, Black Books. That he was also just did Big Liner. Train. If you're a Big Train, again, I'm a big fan of Big Train, which was yeah. a, a sketch show in, the, in the, the early 2000s, which is brilliant. And he apparently written some of, uh, he's been in Alan Partridge as well. So again, him, you can see his sensibilities in it. Like it's it's very much like um, Father Ted. Um, it's it's proper weird and things that are normal, things that are weird are normal to them. So there's one episode where they're all walking around with like machete knives. Oh, I like your knife. Oh yeah, everyone's carrying a knife now in London, and it's it's everyone's got a knife. So he goes to somebody else and they've got a knife. It's it's just little little things like that. It is so good, and as I say, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's 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 absolutely brilliant and Matt Berry I will watch Matt Berry in anything I love his voice I love you know his, the faces he pulls I love the way he pronounces words it's it's he's brilliant he's absolutely fantastic so you've seen them all Richard no no I need to I think I must have seen that just little bits snippets yeah. I don't think I've seen a whole episode but um, am I correct? You can't. You've got to be in the right frame of mind to watch it. It's not sort of like a, you, you know, you sit down and right. I'm going to watch it because a lot of comedies we'll put on at night, and I'll just sort of like stick my head on the pillow and fall asleep to them. But mm. I want to watch it. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. That's what I do with Community now. I'll watch them rather than yeah. stick them on at night and fall asleep to them. Um, but I want to give it a little bit of time that it deserves, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. And and I've seen the thick of it a couple of times, and I've often thought, oh, that's it. And I think I put the trailer on, and Peter Capaldi's effing and blinding, and I thought, oh yeah, not not with the kids around. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the thick of it's but the thick of it you've got to watch. You can't just put it on and go to sleep too. Um. Yeah. Host, yeah. I mean, there's there's no there's no story through it. It's basically the same thing every episode. He's trying to get a job of some sort. Um. There's an episode where. John Hamm comes over and he, he's now he doesn't know who he is. Like his agents tell him, um, I'm meeting John Hamm for toast. Uh, sorry, for um, drinks. Do you want to come with me, toast? And he's like, Who's John Hamm? All right, yeah, I'll come along. And then when he sees him, he falls in love with him. And he's <laughs> so he sort of like follow him around like a lost puppy. Yeah, and it's it's actually John Hamm as well playing it. Um, yeah, brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Um, but next, I think I'm not too sure. There's a new Al Capone film that's come on Netflix. I might what give that a watch this week with Tom Hardy in it. Um, it came out last year, I think. Yeah, so I'm going to give that a go. And it's, I think it's more like the later years of Al Capone's life when he's a sort of aging gangster. So I might give that a go this week. But um, yeah, that's me. All right. Anything else we want to say, lads? Anything we missed? Any important um, news? The name of that movie's Over the Moon. Oh, right. OK. Never heard of that one. It's not in um, Netflix have made it. I think in, in production with like Sony, I think it was it, it read. Oh, right. I recognise the poster, but yeah, never seen it. Okay. Yeah, might give that a go. Convince Thomas to watch it. Thomas, <laughs> give this a go, mate. <laughs> yeah. Happy days. So, Richard, next episode, we've changed, haven't we? What the theme's going to be? It's, it's musicals, not musicals, though. So it's so anything... It's- that, that's not a musical basically anything music based but not a musical so, so music biopics yeah documentaries, documentaries Rattle and hum. see i was thinking because i was thinking of should we 
keep it separate, like mockumentaries, they're separate, they're something separate, aren't they? Like Spinal oh, totally. Tap, keep yeah, them yeah, separate, yeah. but actual musical either biopics about real people. Yes. Or documentaries. Also, yeah. well, that was what I was thinking of straight away. Walk the line, Ray. Well, Carl will edit it that out, won't you, Carl? <laughs> I might do. I might do. You never know. See, we'll see what time it is. <laughs> but brilliant. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if you want to get in contact, we're on all the socials: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to email us, we are chattingflix at hotmail.com. So let us know what you think. Have you got any recommendations or any themes you want to listen to, uh, to talk about? And we will catch us next week. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. Peace. Bye. Bye.